Do you want to freaking host the thing, dude? I can. I'm gonna need some energy! It's not gambling. It's playing a game where my cash winnings depend on the performance of professional athletes. This is the Console Crusade Podcast. I will be your host this week, Nick Durheim. Joining me is EJ Olson. Hell yeah! And once again, for the first time, Chris Gillyfor. I'm excited to be here, Nick. <laughs> We've got a very extra special episode, which is why I am the one running the ship. We are going to be doing our first ever fantasy draft for video games in the year 2021. Yeah. Ow. I've been wanting to do this for a few years now. And it just so happened that we're recording more frequently and it's January. We've already missed out on at least one big release. (sighs) Would have been really cool to get Hitman on one of our lists, but we missed it. In our draft, the Console Crusade draft, we have E-Jiggle with his publisher, Cart Swap. He'll be drafting first, followed by the Kid 4R, our boy Chris, with the publisher, Various Sweet. And I, Presh Till Death, will be... Durheim to Dongos. You guys are at a disadvantage because it's me and my son Haas here. We're cart swapping. We're about to fucking <laughs> wreck this draft, bro. Best I can do. <laughs> so let's go ahead and click start drafting and see how that goes. Warning, once you start drafting, you can no longer add or remove players. Draft orders locked in. Cool, cool, cool. I believe <laughs> from what I've seen that this, uh, this the way fantasycritic.games, which is what we're using, works. It'll go to a one two three three two one draft order. Ooh. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Classic snake draft. I have no idea how most like you got to explain how this works to to Chris and I because we don't know what the fuck is going on. So when we start, it should actually give you a pretty good like list of uh, the games that are coming out for the year. You'll see stats like how many other drafts on the site have like what's its pick order, what's its like most frequently picked at kind of thing. I don't actually know like, all these terms because I haven't participated in fantasy sports. EJ has, so he's got a little bit of. Uh, understanding in that chris i don't know if you've ever done like fantasy basketball or fantasy football anything like that i did i've done a few years of fantasy football a couple of years of fantasy basketball fairly successful so i i think i get what we're doing now uh in that context um okay so basically what it boils down to with the metrics is that instead of like choosing a player and going off of their stats like you would in a fantasy sports game with the video game draft you're guessing which game is going to have the highest open critic score, which open critic is like Metacritic. It is a review aggregate website. So you're trying to get games that have above, I believe a 70, anything above a 70 will get be one point increments until it hits 90, at which point it gets into two point increments. So if you get something on the 96, that's not 26 points. That's like 32 points. Pretty sure that's how it works. From what I remember, um, I set it up so that we're drafting 10 games each to begin with. And then after draft season is over we will have the opportunity to bid on new games and have up to 10 more additional games on our list also after our draft we'll have three counter drafts or counter picks basically that means i'd go through both chris and ej's draft list and i say this game's actually not going to do that great i want to counter pick that and then if it does worse than what ej wants it to do then i will get more points for that wow okay that's a lot or if a game doesn't come out like if EJ is like, yo, Breath of the Wild 2, that's on my draft. What we can do after, if a game is delayed, we can uh, pull it off of our list. But if it gets counterpicked, that game can no longer be pulled off your list. So if, you, if a game doesn't release, that's a zero. So that's going to be minus points for you. Up to a lot of points, up to like minus 70 points, I believe. 
So if I counterpick that, that'd be 70 points for me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's Whoa. a major strat. Oh man, that, that changes the game. That changes the game. So yes. <laughs> and so are there rules regarding things like like Super Mario World, which I'm assuming scored in the nineties, is coming out in February. That can't be picked, right? Because we're gonna assume it's gonna score similarly. Uh no, I'm pretty sure that's that's eligible because it has additional content. Uh a standard port, like if uh say Hitman two was ported to Switch or something like that, that wouldn't count because there wasn't additional content added to it. But since I believe the Bowser's Fury addition to Super Mario 3D World would make it eligible. It should show up. If it's if you can click it, it's eligible eligible for the draft. I already went through and I went with the default settings for that. I can't see exactly where my league options are. Here we go. So my band tags are currently early access, director's cut versions, ports, released international. So like if a game came out in Japan that came out in the US later, doesn't count. Uh, remasters do not count. And then yearly installments do not count. So like Madden FIFA F1 sports games, basically. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Wow. This is going to be a lot to wrap our heads around on the fucking fly here, but I'm excited. And then later, like when we're starting to add games post uh, this initial draft, like when games are announced around E3 time, if that even happens, then we'll have the option to bid on them. I don't believe you'll be able to see anybody else's bids. So if like EJ's like trying to sneak something in for a dollar, I can I can come in and be like, I think EJ's probably bid on this for a dollar. I'm going to try to put two dollars on this. But if we both bid the same amount, then I think it's like, I don't know how the tie situation works. Maybe whoever bid on it first probably wins. So this will be very interesting. This will be a very big learning experience, and then we can see how this works out and what we want to make changes to and do that for next year. Sounds good. So we're all waiting on EJ to make his first pick, basically. Fuck's sake, man. Come on. Okay, we're starting this thing. All right, so there's a... This is interesting. Um, Do we want to be quick, or do we want to talk through our thought process as we do this? I want you to be quick, and then we can talk about it afterwards. You can mention, you can say the game that you're drafting, because this is a, you know a theater theater of the mind some radio programming that we're happening right now so mm. we're gonna have to be able to tell the audience what we're drafting and then later we will also we will go through our entire 10 games per person i like it this is this is horrifying oh my god it's this is really something there's a lot of games what i'm going to be doing is unless something really easy jumps out at me i'm just going to be going with my heart and what i want games to do well this year so like i've got games in mind because i just really want them to be good and i really want them to be in my hands I, you know, I, I too have that thought process, but to be fair, most of the games that I think are going to be good this year aren't actually going to come out this year. So, but you don't want to, you don't want to pick God of War Ragnarok and then have someone counter pick that and pick up a bunch of good points. Oh, I will. The second <laughs> it happens, yeah, that game's not, that game's not coming out this year. So if it does, it won't be good. So I'm, I'm going to just pick Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I think it's a safe bet. Oh yeah. It, that feels like a sketchy first pick, but it, it's safe. It's very safe. Chris is now up. Oh, it's me. It's me. Oh, I got to log back in. We having problems. Now, while Chris is browsing through a uh, inexorable tide of video game titles, EJ, you chose Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, you played the previous game? Uh, a little bit. Didn't capture me at the time, but I respect what it does and its fan base. Are you excited for this installment, the sequel? I'm at that phase with the new console still that like I'll play anything that comes out for it just because it's like, ooh, shiny new thing. Right. So the first year, like the first year of the Switch, I bought anything that came out physically. I, I was buying, right? Just for the experience of it. So um, same thing with PS5, I'm sure this year. I'll buy any I'll buy any exclusive. You know, and I think that's actually a pretty uh, safe indicator that 
Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is going to review pretty well just because of it being a PS5 exclusive game that is going to be first party. I think a lot of people are pretty excited for it. That's a bit of a double-edged sword, but I think if it does cool stuff with the SSD and like loading between levels and has like some fun force feed feedback with the, the rumble and the triggers and stuff, I think a lot of people are going to score that game higher than they would have had it just been a bog-standard PS4 game like the last one was. Right, and come on, Insomniac is... God dear. This is only going to iterate on a game that was like upper 80s, you know, a couple years ago, so... Ooh, okay, we have we have a new addition to the draft. Chris has drafted Resident Evil Village recently uh, announced, <laughs> and then they had their little streaming event where they uh, gave it a release date. I believe it's coming out in May. Um, yeah, Resident Evil has been on a very high streak right now. Pretty safe addition there, Chris. Are you excited for eight? Have you played seven? You know, I am excited about it. I'll I'll riff while you uh, while you pick, sir. Um, I played uh, seven in uh, a manner that sort of changed my mind about the potential for VR gaming. Uh, uh, a friend of mine in Portland who I went to college with, Will Deep Carey, uh, he had the PSVR set up with like PS4 Pro 4K output, all 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 that shit. And so he was like, I want to, for for his um, uh, 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 Twitch and YouTube content, uh, wanted to record me playing like the first two hours of the game in PSVR as someone who's sort of a Resident Evil Luddite. Um, uh, it's uh, all of us, by the way, just, you know, like shameless plug, check them out. They're great. Um, he got the whole headset, headphones set up, cameras, you know, like footage capture, everything. I've never experienced such a visceral response to a video game in my life. Like it's one thing to be like facing a, a, a basement that has no lights on at the top of the stairs, hearing like uncomfortable human sounds coming from the basement and like push a thumbstick with your left thumb to go down the stairs. It's something else when that is all you can fucking perceive and all you can fucking hear. And you somehow still have to make your thumb move that thumbstick and go down the stairs. My entire body was screaming at me like, don't fucking do it. Do not fucking do this. You cannot fucking do this. <laughs> I mean, I I, I, it, I think it was very entertaining content that they they captured at my expense. It's like two steps beyond. Don't go open that door. It's like yelling in the movie theater. Don't do it. But yes. you're the one doing it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so I think they made a believer me. I really would like to play seven in advance of village. Uh, and I think it's going to be I, I think they're going to continue their hot streak. Counting on that as my number one draft pick. Good call. Good call. I have to make the obvious one. So I drafted Hollow Knight Silk Song. Oh, it's hopeful. We haven't heard news about this game since 2019, really. But there was a playable like section at E3 2019 and at uh, uh, something that happened in Australia. Because they're Australian. They're an Australian dev. They're a small team. But they had something playable at like a, like a Rooster Teeth event or like a, some sort of expo. I'm just hoping it comes out this year because that game looks like just the most dankest sort of uh, sequel where they're they have mastered level design and like boss design and enemy design and this just seems like they took the the character layout from like hollow knight where you're the smaller character it's more of like a mega man vibe and this looks like the mega man x to the mega man that hollow knight was and i'm excited for that as far as speed and mobility and options it's been a story development with this game, dude. That is a very hopeful pick. I'll be shocked. It still doesn't even have a tentative release date. Like they're not even being coy about it. They're, it's just like, sorry, we don't know. So yeah. very hopeful. But that <laughs> that could be that. The, listen, that could be a freaking gamble, bro. 
That, that could pay off. And then since we're snake drafting, I am again picking and I picked Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. Which uh, I played the demo for the last couple weeks and that's a... Uh, oh man, that just... That, there's something that scratches... Something about that game that just scratches a deep, deep primal itch inside my body. And it feels good. It feels really good. It's more of like a return to like the, the handheld Monster Hunters of yore. More of like the obscure kind of too many systems of uh, prior Monster Hunters. But this, I think, adds a lot of the quality of life improvements they made in the world installment. So it is a little bit less uh, punishing as far as, okay, your weapon sharpness is still going down. But this time you can ride a dog and you can sharpen your sword while you're climbing up the wall of like a mountain. And that seems really nice. Chris is now up. I'm going to take a similarly bold swing. I'm taking Cuphead, the delicious last course. Ooh. We haven't heard from this game in so long. Wow. Wow. You guys are really just gunning for the fucking, the gambles right off the bat. Like th- that could sink you. It could. Oh. Only if it doesn't come out though. If it does come out, that's a, that's a big, I think that's going to review really, really well. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like mid nineties at least. Like, I mean, that first game is an absolute masterpiece i devoured that game when it came out i I bought it for my buddy who had an xbox one because i did not have an xbox one and i had to play that game he nicholas i love you if you're listening to this co-op was not successful for us i definitely carried his ass through every single level that we did (laughs) parry just parry and when it came out on the switch i bought it again and played through it single player which is a lot easier um because they double the hp for the bosses in co-op mode and it was such a satisfying game because it's one of those, it sits right in the sweet spot where you know exactly what you need to do and it is entirely on you as to whether or not you execute it correctly. And that is a thrilling balance to me. So if that expansion drops, yeah, I'm counting on I'm counting on uh, big points from that. I just don't trust that these games are actually coming out anytime soon. That's part of the draft, man. That's all part of the risk and reward. That's tough. And we're only, we're literally, we haven't even gotten two games each and we have to get eight more. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have to be doing some like unsafe picks eventually. You gotta. I, yeah. I'd rather gamble with not my fucking second pick, you know? Like, no window. Obviously. Obviously. Them. Screw it. Right. This is really hard, especially not having to be able to, to, uh, to prep us is really hard. There's no Mario on this list, of course, because it, it is classified as a re-release. Um, yeah. That seems like a total gimme. So maybe that's a little... It would have been a gimme. I think that's easily going to be like a 93. Oh, yeah. Unless Bowser's Fury just really sucks, then it might be like an 85 mm. overall. That That's points in the bank, man. 15 points in the bank. Yeah. That's still <laughs> only an 85. <laughs> only a great game. Yeah. <laughs> that we're all getting. I loved that uh, that meme in one of the discords of like game reviews of old and, you know, one through three is total crap. Four, five, six is uh, not very good. Seven, pretty good. Eight, very good. Nine, excellent. Ten, masterpiece. And it's game reviews now. One through like 8.5 is complete garbage. Do not play. And then 8.5 <laughs> to nine is it's fine. And nine to 10 is it's okay. And then there's a teeny, teeny, tiny sliver that's like game of the year material. And that's it. <laughs> that's reviews now. To be fair, I think that's pretty accurate because that's just how games are these days where games are only really, really good unless they're not. And games are so big, you can only spend so much time. It's not like there's only like 30 games that come out every year and like 20 of them aren't even worth playing. It's like 3,000 games come out every year and 20 are only worth playing. All right, I've made my pick. 
Whoa. Ooh. I think that's risky. I think that's risky. I look at that game. <laughs> EJ, what'd you pick? <laughs> I, I pick Bravely Default 2. This it's is coming out. <laughs> that's for sure. That's the thing, is it's coming out. So that it, I don't have to worry about like you guys are picking things that may never show the light of day. This is probably a good counter pick for you guys, which makes this a bad pick for me. But Bravely has a really dedicated audience, right? And they they've all I mean even the bad one reviewed in the 80s. This feels like a safe pick and it's coming out this year. So I feel I don't feel good about it, but here I am. <laughs> you made a choice. I think that game is not going to um translate well onto an HD console. Mm. I think it's already sort of shown that with its demo and how kind of mediocrely it was uh, received. I don't think anyone's like super pumped about the demo. <laughs> all it takes is a couple of weird weebs who love bravely and all the other shitty JRPGs we get every year to review it positively. So that's fair. Yeah, you get the dedicated RPG sites that are starving for a Japanese RPG to re- to review. Yeah. So all right, now what are you gonna what are you gonna draft next? Then? I cry. I cry. I cry. Oh my god. Okay. Hey for Tim. Yeah. This is this is another just swing. All the, again, all the all the good shit has been has been pushed, and y'all are gonna kick my ass once we we, we talk about this afterward. But. Gran Turismo 7. I got no problem with that. I think that's a great pick. Again, it seems it seems safe, which makes me feel better about Bravely. <laughs> you know, as being my gamble. It's again, it shouldn't be delayed this year. That's a Sony exclusive. I think Gran Turismo is less safe than a Forza. I don't believe a Forza is coming out this year. But Gran Turismo, the last game they put out was like the weird live service game, the sport game. So I uh, hopefully they can uh kind of reach out to a more broad audience with a numbered release. Maybe get some of those people fr- back from the PS2 games that were just like creaming their panties over Gran Turismo 3. If you like car games, you're a fucking car dork and you like car games. So Yeah, it used to not even be that way. Everyone had like a car game when they were when they were kids. It was just like cars are cool. But now they're just they've totally fallen from grace. It seems like it doesn't matter how much of a gamer you are like you have to be a car person like you said ej to be like really into car games right i don't know why that is it's weird i went with it i think it's fair i think that's that's i think that's a fairly safe pick like there's no way that game gets below an 80 like that's 10 points right all right big balls gilly for is coming again (laughs) the pick he's picking zelda boys the pick is (laughs) he's picking metroid prime 4 (laughs) put down the gun Uh, God God of War Ragnarok done wow this feels like the least safe pick I'm gonna tell you why it is incredibly unsafe um my my bourbon glass is getting low so uh that is definitely (laughs) having an effect on me swinging big Sony is going to need a big time holiday release Horizon not fucking happening absolutely not happening there's another, mm, no, I can't tip my hand. There's another game that I think I, I think is a strong chance of releasing later this year, which I'm not going to disclose because I want to pick it unless it gets swooped before, <laughs> in which case you'll hear it. Uh, but I'm not sold enough on that to think it's going to be the only one. So for me, I'm looking at what's going to fill that holiday window. They're going to need more first party titles. I think that's I think that's the release. I really do. I, I, I feel it in my bones. It's been like, what, five years? When did God, what, of, God of War? Yeah, was that twenty? Was that twenty sixteen? Twenty eighteen? Eighteen. So it's been three yeah. years. And Horizon was twenty seventeen. Horizon was twenty seventeen. It was the week before uh, Zelda. 
Yeah, it depends on the scale and uh, how quickly they want to turn right. around these games. I think God of War is a faster game to develop because it's more just like motion capture and cinematic stuff. And the game, the world design, if they're still in the same world, they could largely reuse that and just go to different realms. And they're not like open world, you know, systemically scalable. Like you can't they climb everything. Absolutely. And I feel like maybe Horizon, that would be something they would want to try to incorporate is more of like the assassin's creed or zelda be able to climb up walls kind of thing yeah and it's just a bigger world i mean you uh nick you said it best when i was getting started with the original god of war last year that it is you know god of zelda yeah it's definitely ocarina of time writ large oh yeah it's faux open world you have very prescribed tracks and then they iterate on how you can interact with the world sometimes in contrived methods um and sometimes not but at the end of the day hashtag ej also quotes they're not um they're not taking you to a whole bunch of different places. The realms are small and it's the sort of uh, uh, Lake of the Nine that is your main area and they just keep dropping the water level, right? So if they're going to keep you in that yeah, area. Yeah, hub and spoke. Yeah, 100%. So I think I think that it's a safer pick than you're giving me credit for and it absolutely will be above a 90, I think. Three years, dude? I mean, that's just, that's it, it, crazy. It seems unheard of. Not to mention, we haven't seen anything from that game except for a little... Uh, not even a title. We don't even have a real title. That's just a... <laughs> they said Ragnarok is coming and they gave the Omega symbol. Yeah. And that is the extent. We had some voiceover. Bro. That's the only content from the game we've seen. <laughs> that's more... That's like barely more than Metroid Prime 4. Big balls gilly for her. Yeah. All Big right. Big balls. All right. Big balls. Okay. I'm going to pick a couple indie games. Uh, another risk. So I picked two games from the uh, the PlayStation event back in like July or whatever. Uh, both indie titles. The first one I picked was Kenna Bridge of Spirits. That is the sort of action adventure game featuring the lady with the staff. And she's got these little Pikmin looking, uh, sprite looking, goopy forest dwellers that she's saving. So that game looks really beautiful. And I'm very intrigued by the combat and the sort of like nature uh, aesthetic of it. It sort of kind of reminds me of like Ori mixed with Pikmin mixed with like an action adventure like a Zelda, whatever staff combat though. It's cool. I think the game looks cool. I just want to pick it up. And then solar ash is the, uh, next installment from the Hyperlight drifter developer. Uh, I believe it's heart machine and it's like this 3d, very neon, uh, movement based. Like it looks like you're kind of parkour skating around this world. There's a lot of Mario galaxy going on the ceiling kind of stuff. And I, I want to see more from that game. I, it's uh, projected to come out this year. Both these games are supposed to come out this year. Kind of was supposed to come out last year, but they delayed it. So I feel like I'm a lot more, I guess, uh, optimistic about it coming out this year. I feel like indie games are rarely middling, right? They either get trash reviews and tossed in the bin, or they get rave reviews and have their 15 minutes in, in the spotlight, right? Like You're going to get your Hades. You're going to get your Dead Cells. You're going to get your, your Hollow Knight, whatever. So those are really the ultimate risk, dude. And that could just, you could sweep us with three of these picks. I think they're a lot less risky just because we know about them. I think when uh, like big first party publishers sort of put their advertising weight behind these uh, indie games, I think it shows a lot of confidence in the in the games themselves. And I, I can't think of the last time uh, a big first party advertised uh, indie game, like at this level, was a disappointment. Also, Chris has made his second. Chris took my next damn pick. pick. I That's did. a good pick. We've got new Pokemon Snap for 
the various suite. There's not a chance that that game is below an 80. I think that even if it is just like literally more Pokemon Snap, it's an 85. I think that if it takes advantage of the uh, gyroscopic nature of the Switch in handheld mode, it will. It's a 90 to a 95. Honestly, really, truly, like I, I think it is. It is a boomer bust pick. I will confess, but I think I'm getting points out of this regardless. EJ, you disagree? No, I agree in the sense that like it doesn't matter how bad the game is, it's going to review well. I mean, Pokemon Sword yeah. and Shield were like, <laughs> I mean, they're they're such bad games. Unless you really are just looking for your mindless fucking, I don't need to get into that, but Game Freak, like, there's so much wrong with those games and their whole philosophy as developers. It doesn't matter what this game does. It is going to review well and people are going to buy it and that's going to boost its score. So that's a good pick and I'm pissed because that was my next pick. Wait, you know what? You you make your pick now and then I'm going to argue with you about Sword and Shield while Nick makes his next pick. Right, listen, man, it's Pokemon if you just want the same old thing you've been playing for 20 years, but there's so much that these these games in the genre and beyond have have managed to fucking evolve and Pokemon hasn't but just cuz it's Pokemon everyone eats it up and it's like I think Pokemon Let's Go is the the fucking best thing that's happened to Pokemon in 15 years. Uh you know I love Let's Go. I'm waiting on that sequel um that we're never going to get. God. It's, no, it's not happening. It's never happening. It's never that's happening. That's fucked up. Cuz what's his face is gone now. I know it's fucked up, but if you literally think of what is Nintendo and especially lately Game Freak, like fucking Pokemon Unite? Are you fucking kidding me? Like anything that you think Game Freak is going to do, they're going to do the fucking opposite. You think they're going to zig? They're going to fucking zag. You think they're going to give you let's go Johto, let's go Meryl and Togepi? We're going to give you a fucking MOBA, a stripped down shitty fucking like free to play, aka pay to play MOBA. Um, let's go was great. Um, Sword and Shield, I'd give it like an 8.5. I'm not going to give it lower than an 8.5. I think it was a good game. There were some things that uh, frustrated me about it. Um, there hasn't been a genuinely challenging Pokemon game in like five generations. Um, and I mean that seriously, five generations. Um, so I stopped expecting that. That's not what the series is anymore. Uh, I thought that they did... I thought a lot of the creature designs were the most interesting they'd been in quite a while. I thought that uh, I thought that it was um, other than Let's Go uh, because they were revisiting Kanto and it's hard to maybe separate the nostalgia. I don't know that there's a better looking game other than Let's Go when you talk about Sword and Shield. On the Switch or a Pokemon games? On the Switch. That is crazy. Sword and Shield looks like shit. Not in the context of other Pokemon games, I, but compared to other Switch games, that seems like a bold take, my friend. I'm not comparing them to other Switch games. When did I ever say that? Like you Pokemon, just, you just said on the Switch. Yeah, versus like let's go. You said go. it's the best looking. Oh, oh, so you're saying the best Pokemon? It's the yeah. best looking Pokemon game. Yeah. Well, okay, well no. Okay. Let Let's go. I sure. think is, is is arguably better looking. Um. Yeah. Be, yeah. Because yeah, it's okay. a simpler location. Me. No, 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 bro, 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 <laughs> bro. Um. I was like, that is a Chris for a take right there. No, that is no, it is not. Get my get put some respect on my fucking name, man. Come on. Like <laughs> um so God, rewinding from that, like egregious like assignment of take to my name. Um Sword and Shield <laughs> actually made a fully realized world. Like I remember, oh man, I don't know if I was on this pod or if I just listened to this pod, but Nick was talking about um the architecture of pokemon games and like every house faces to the south right because you have to be able to see them 
they made real fucking cities for the first time that you can interact with the three dimensions, like real ass fucking architecture. Like it was the most fully realized world they've ever put a Pokemon game in. Congrats, Game Freak. You've developed a game in the last two decades. Like context is important. You have expectation, my friend, and that is your undoing. I don't. I'm like, oh, you iterated a little bit. That's better than I thought was going to happen. Thanks. But again, 8.5, 8.5. And they did some good stuff like the wild area should be in every Pokemon game for the rest of time. Like having visible Pokemon with specific spawn rates and hidden grass Pokemon with specific spawn rates. One of the smartest things they've done to the franchise in fucking forever. I don't like having that sectioned off. I love Let's Go, how it was something that was just a part of the world and it felt so integrated and so natural having an area where that eh, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. That wasn't for me. But I missed the grass in Let's Go. I missed the mystery. Like I missed getting in there and going, what's going to pop out next? Like that is a core element of the Pokémon experience to me. And that's why I thought Sword and Shield took what worked from Let's Go and said, "We're going to show you Pokémon. They're on the overall. This is not in the wild area. This is just on every route. You're going to be able to see Pokémon, interact with Pokémon in that way, but you're also still going to have the element of mystery." I think that was a genius, a genius decision. I think it should be in every Pokemon game. I don't disagree that that is a cool mechanic that might make things interesting for people. I'm just saying having an, a dedicated area to it, like, no, it should be the entire overworld should have those mechanics. That's my only argument. Like having hidden grass Pokemon, I think it could still be cool, but we are uh, totally tangential here. Now that Nick is back. I am back. <laughs> yeah, I'm making my my last pick. We, it's just really hard. This is really difficult. This You're four games in. We're not even halfway through. Yeah, it, it's going to get easier as the games become just complete, essentially, guesses. You know, we don't know if it's coming out. We don't know. Like, I mean, it's all essentially guesses. We don't know shit about these games. For, yeah, for the most part. I see you did pick Deathloop, though. That was going to be one of my next picks. Here we go. I'm 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 going with my fucking weebs again, hoping that the dorks. Yo, are, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that game. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that's a good pick. So I picked Deathloop and Shin Megami Tensei Five, dude. That has such a, a following. It's a it's a long running and well received series. It feels like a, a no brainer here. But again, everything has dis- been disappointing, right? Everything. Talk about expectations, Chris. And then we had we had the cyberpunk drama, which makes me even more skeptical that any AAA game's coming out this year. Everything's getting pushed because of Cyberpunk. And we already saw that wave ripple. But everything just feels like it's inevitably going to fucking let people down and it's like, whatever. You know, here we're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, so. Yeah, not to mention we haven't, like, seen much or heard much about this game because Atlas is notoriously closed-lipped when it comes to their games while they're being made and while they're... Maybe coming to Switch, a.k.a. Persona. They just <laughs> randomly drop a Persona 4 port to fucking PC last year. Like, nobody knows what they're going to do, <laughs> especially them. Are we on to Chris? Yes, we should be on to Chris. Oh, we are. We It do be my turn. Okay. <sighs> the various suite trying to get their fifth pick, their halfway point, reaching that Wednesday hump day. Like, look, we all know that event- cool commercial with the camel. <laughs> I know we're getting a little tangential here, but I, you know, I kind of like it that way. I kind of like it. No, that's totally fair. I mean, I, that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to do the draft is to have our our conversations during the draft. This was clutch. This was a clutch call. I oh, this is getting into <laughs> it's tough. This it's year, tough. what a fucking year to do this for the first time on the console. It's a shit show. Podcast. It's a minefield, right? And so it's like 
I feel like big swings will be will be rewarded to a certain extent, but I also need like oh, I need some sure things. You know, I'm going to pick a safe pick. I'm going to pick a safe pick. We all know I'm picking Metroid Prime Four eventually, but I'm going to make a safe pick. <laughs> you got to <laughs> I have to. I have I'm a to counter pick. Just to fuck I know with you <laughs> are, you fucking asshole, and I expect you to, and I respect you for it because it's a smart move. But fuck you all the same. I'm picking yeah, uh, buddy. Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Yo, that's a super that's a super safe pick, honestly. I had my eye on that. Listen, that game's gonna sell gangbusters, but there's a Lego fatigue out there. I, I thought about this. This could really be another real big hit or or a real big miss. Well, it's one of the it's one of the ones that are it's in the newer engine, right? So it's like a lot of new changes to the games that haven't really uh, been shown in like a big game recently for them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We, it's been a few years. You're, you're right. I mean, there's also a Star Wars fatigue. I mean, who knows? I'm going to buy it. This is a day one buy for me. If it even reviews marginally well, I love the original Lego Star Wars uh, complete saga. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that could be one of those. That could easily be a 90. We're not going for 90s in this house, okay? That game's going to be like an 80, and that's a solid 10 points, you know? What you really don't want is like the really disastrous or mediocre like 65s. Yeah. I don't know how it took this long to get drafted. I'm drafting Horizon Forbidden West. Oh. It just can't. I think that game has a much better likelihood of coming out than God of War Ragnarok. True. And it's coming out on PS4, so I don't think it's that big of a difference. I think people are still going to be excited about it. I think it's a easy, easy 80s, easy mid-80s. Another big dick on the table. If this game's good, it's a 90. If it's not good, it's a 70. Wait, I thought they already delayed it. They delayed it into 2021. From last year. It was going to come out like launch window. But I thought they delayed it again to 2022. No. no. Oh, really? Halo Infinite on my draft. It's Halo's 20th birthday. That's a... They got oh. Joseph Staten back in the back in the house. They're cleaning up shop. They're trying to get the game back on track. I think it has a high likelihood of being a great game. I think it's still going to be divisive among fans because there's no way it isn't. But even if it is like Last of Us 2... It's that's still like a that's like a 90 on Metacritic, isn't it? Or on Open Critic. So I think Halo has a highlight. It, the only thing that could happen is it gets delayed again. That's the only worry. I think that's still like a 50 50 shot. Oh. Not that much. I think it's like a 75 25 that's coming out this year. But if it comes out, it's going to be great. And it has to be great. That is the like biggest, biggest dick call of the entire draft to me. I had my eye on that forever and went, there's no way this is coming out. Uh, uh, this year I know they pushed it into 2021, but like <laughs> I suspect that one of you guys is going to counterpick it. Not that there's no risk with counterpicks. If a game goes above uh, 70 on counterpick, you lose those points. My only thing with Halo, so in my mind, well, Halo Five was a travesty. It sold like shit. People didn't like it. And then I look at the reviews on Open Crit. I'm like, oh, this is an 85. That was a perfectly acceptable game. Yeah, by by these <laughs> metrics. I mean. <laughs> Wow, I mean, Metacritic uh, tells a different story. That got a six user score. People were not happy. Well, yeah, but you can't even trust the user scores because they get user score bombed. Yeah, people will give it a zero. That's not like an accurate representation of what people actually think. It's just people being like protest voting. You know? Oh, yeah. definitely. Like any number of things, like The Last of Us Two, for example, getting review bombed, uh, which was like, yeah, and that shit's a ninety-three on Open Critic. You know, like people, the people who are reviewing that game. The things that they don't like about it don't have anything to do with the quality of the game. It's just the the content of it, where it's like reviewing a movie. 
like and be an excellent movie, but you just don't like the themes, then you're just not going to like it that much. But you're right. still going to review it pretty highly. Right, exactly. And I think that like at the end of the day, I don't think it was like a counter content review bomb. I think it was. It was like a culture thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. It wasn't just people going, "Oh, I don't like that you did X, Y, Z." It, it was like a principled, albeit a very misguided, principled take. Yeah, and I think that could happen with Halo Infinite, especially if they're like, "Hey, this is a battle royale," or "Hey, we killed Master <laughs> Chief," or "Hey, Cortana has triplets, like she had kids with Master Chief." Calling it now, Master <laughs> Chief's gonna get his fucking head caved into the golf club. That's the game. No, they're gonna make the, the suit masturbating you a cannon. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You know what? We don't have time. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> that was from one of the books. You know that. Come on. You read the books. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't actually. You know, Josh went hard on the books. I did not. Okay, my pick is in. This is my my spiciest take of the whole pod. All right, let's see it. You got to lock it in. Final Fantasy 16 is, is Final, <laughs> Fan, Final oh. Fantasy 16 is coming out this year. That's it. You heard it here first. I think, I think it's possible. I think Ugh. that they are loath to do another 10 plus year development cycle that versus 13 into 15 became. Uh, we heard from the producers, from the director of the game. It's also no Nomura. They were not <laughs> going to. Exa- exactly. They were not going <laughs> to show anything about this game until they had actual gameplay to show, which we saw in the, in, in the trailer, uh, you know, albeit a very limited sample size. And I just think that they are, I think Square Enix has has learned from the mistake they made with that game and with the Final Fantasy VII remake of showing stuff too early prior to their ability to release it. I think they've got a lot of resources on it. And I think that, um, I think we're going to see it. That's that's my big, that's my big prediction. And it's what's going to finally get me to pay, overpay for a PS5 on the uh, fucking resale market because Final Fantasy will move me to a new console. <laughs> No matter what. Sure. I think betting on Square Enix learning lessons is is the sketchiest bet, but I appreciate the big balls on that one. I think that's a much big ball, much more of a big ball move than uh, God of War, which actually has a 2021 attached to it. Uh, remind me again what happens if the game I pick oh, doesn't come EJ. out. <laughs> uh, if the game does not come out. So here's the thing. When, uh, when I was making the draft rules, I made it so that if a game is delayed or does not come out in the year, you have the ability to drop it. You can drop up to one game okay. from your initial draft. You are okay. not allowed to drop any games that you pick up after the draft. Like if you pick up a game in December and it gets delayed out of the year, you lose all those points. Okay. <laughs> but if a game is counterpicked, you no longer have the ability to drop that game. Oh, well, fuck me then. Yeah. Because I just picked Psychonauts 2 and Elden Ring. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. I'm counterpicking both of those. Oh, buddy. Each of us only get three counterpicks, just so you know. Oh, he gets two of mine. Listen, I don't think Psychonauts is unreasonable. I think that's pretty reasonable. Maybe. <laughs> it's got that Microsoft money now. Well, yeah, I mean, how much... What What is there to that game? They're, it's They're not creating fucking Zelda Breath of the Wild. Come on. No, but it's double fine, and they're notorious for taking their sweet time, even when it comes to a point-and-click adventure visual novel thing with well, Broken Age. that might fuck me up. Elden Ring is also one of those things we've heard nothing about, but yeah. it feels very, very from soft to just be like, here's this thing, enjoy it. Yeah, I also have... See, I, Elden Ring was like one of my maybes for a long time, but I think... 
there's a I think it's 50-50 for this year, maybe 40-60, where they go up in summer and like Xbox is a press conference or something and they show Elden Ring and they say, this is coming out March of 2022, like they did with Sekiro. That seems just as likely, but it's like, you know, we've been hearing about this for a while, although it got leaked. So it was like, and they kind of forced their hand, didn't it? Yeah, but it got leaked like the week of its announcement where Bandai Namco like had their one of their web pages went live before they wanted it to. So I don't think that's like that's not like some insider being like, hey, I heard about this game that's coming out. I think there might have been like some rumblings about that, but they were pretty unsubstantiated. And that was like a month beforehand. That was like not like a huge thing. I think they've been working on this game since Sekiro, like full swing. So that was what, 2018, 2019? That was 2019. So it's only been two years. Wait, Sekiro was 2019? Yeah, I pulled a fucking Chris, bro. I thought that was like 2016 or 17. But FromSoft has two teams, like two and a half teams, because they did that weird VR game. But if you think of like Dark Souls 3 finished up development in 2016, then they did a DLC for that through the next year. Then Sekiro came out 2019 and they did like some very, very small DLC stuff for it. So I could see that game has probably been in like full development for four or five years. Well, there's my risky pick. It'll probably be counterpicked. We're going to be doing a lot of risky picks on this podcast. Yeah, we hope. I mean, again, 2021's a minefield, man. And also if it comes out and it's a goddamn 95, then someone's losing 25 points. Yeah. Remember that, Chris. Remember <laughs> Axiom that. Axiom Verge 2 for Chris. Oh, yep. yep. I'm taking Metroid Lite. I think there's a strong shot that comes out. I think the first game was very well reputed. I enjoyed the time that I spent with it. I feel strongly it is a a likely release this year and will probably get me somewhere from 15 to 20 points. Fair. I don't know if you've played Metroid, but I wouldn't call Axiom Verge Metroid Lite. I would call Axiom Verge Metroid Plus. Thank you. There's way too many weapons and the design of the world is just a little bit too convoluted. I think it looks more like Metroid than it is Metroid. Well, to, say, to be fair, Metroid hasn't been Metroid in a long time. Although they did do the remake of the one Metroid game that Chris liked. I mean, Super Metroid is the most Metroidvania of them all. And even that one, like, isn't... There's, like, not that many, like, optional pathing. There's, like, maybe two optional items. O- optional pathing is not what makes Metroid Metroid. It's it's backtracking and exploring within an ambient... Okay, so it's a Zelda game. <laughs> No, not at all. I mean, I, I don't I think that Zelda's backtracking was was thoroughly, thoroughly optional for like 90 percent of the game in terms of, oh, I can use this power in this place. I'm thinking like Link to the Past, you know, I'm thinking like old school Zelda uh, in the way that Metroid literally required it. You had to be thinking about I can't make it into this area yet. What does that mean? H- how can I come back and interact with this area differently once I've once I've acquired different abilities it's ambient it's moody i think there's a reason why it's lumped in with castlevania because the ambience of these worlds is a a huge part of what makes them so iconic you know it's it's isolated it's um it's lonely in a lot of ways um which is why i think you know as good as super metroid is i think that i think metroid prime did it better honestly like i really do i think it's hard to argue with that being being tops in the way that it is this really lonely, beautiful, moody experience. Um, anyway, um, fuck you, EJ. Metroid has been Metroid. I know you didn't play Return of Samus, so don't at me with this no. uh, with this fucking take. Isn't it Samus Returns, the remake? I, I noted the remake when I made that bit. Yeah, and it was excellent. It was great. It was like for me, probably like a nine or a nine two five. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's hard to fuck up a game that was already well made and well received. You know, it's like uh, oh oh oh, Metroid Two was not well made or well received. Metroid Two was a fucking train wreck of a video game, and I've played it. I can tell you that it was, it was really ambitious for a Game Boy game. Though. It was. It was ambitious and it was busted as hell. Like I think design wise, it's a lot more interesting than the original Metroid. Uh, I disagree in as much as it was a completely linear experience that once you have, which in that way kind of makes it like the least Metroid-y when it comes to backtracking, that you kill X number of Metroids, death liquid drops further towards planet core, and you can proceed deeper. And then you can kind of like, you know, do a little bit of exploring, but mostly it's pretty, it's pretty rail tracked for you. Um, It was definitely in need of a remake. Uh, which I thought that Mercury Steam did a really good job of with uh, Samus Returns. They made it more interesting. They drew from uh, the Metroid soundtrack from across a number of different games, from Prime, from Super Metroid, uh, new, re- not like remixes, but re-orchestrations to a certain extent. Of course, it's probably all digital, but whatever, uh, of some great tracks. Um, it's the first Metroid game other than Other M, which obviously had its own problems but made uh made samus feel dangerous in a way that she didn't in other games just in being able to like fucking wail on people like the 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 physical counterattack, like the ability to just like have have physical power and physical strength that if something gets into your space it's not like oh i'm gonna take a hit it's like no i can do damage to you i think a lot of that is influenced by modern game design where Metroid was like really cool for what it did back then, but nowadays you don't want to have a character that 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 is that floaty and has that much knockback when you're hit by an enemy, and it just feels bad to play those games these days. Whereas now you really want to have a character that feels like you can actually dish out damage. You get that feedback from enemies like flinching and having that sound feedback be a lot more stronger when you're actually shooting and when you're ha- giving that ability to actually hit something up close. I think is a cool kind of design uh, choice. I wonder, I don't think they're going to be um, implementing that into future Metroid games, though, potentially. I also don't think they're going to make a standalone, like, actual 2D Metroid game. I think that their best likelihood is to do a remake of either Fusion or Super. And I think both of those are risky in their own regards, because I think Fusion is, has had mixed reception as far as a Metroid game, where it's a lot, a lot of story. I think that was sort of like the first uh, sign of the other end problem facilitating uh just having that much text i liked it i liked how linear it was i never was like super sold on how wandery uh super metroid was it felt very unguided in a less than fun way yes. i thought it'd be a lot better if you sort of knew what what direction to go next it didn't really drop enough guideposts in that regard it didn't have to be you know literal tell me what to do next but it didn't it didn't guide you along the the path to see the things that you'd be interacting with in the future all that to say chris picked axiom verge 2 <laughs> which might come out this year and then i picked two games i picked far cry 6 which is a ubisoft game so it's going to be you know it's not going to be fantastic but it's going to be pretty good that's what i'm hoping for it's, i'm hoping for this game's pretty good this game's hopefully better than far cry 5 this game has john carlo esposito who is fun to look at and watch him do acting and then I also picked No More Heroes 3, and I think that's much riskier, but I like the vibe that that game puts off. I like that 
trailer that was like the fake anime Nino Kuni looking trailer where this like weird little alien man is being raised with a with a boy and he has a, a like absurdly bad voice acting on purpose where it's like the high pitched falsetto I I'm just a little alien and then it just ends with goddamn superhero and I like that I think that's that game is punk rock and I think it's going to be uh, well enjoyed by nintendo centric review sites because nintendo isn't putting out games this year so we have to rely on weird double a japanese games i feel like we say that every year nintendo's not putting out games this year <laughs> anyway those are my two picks and we're back to chris who picked little nightmares 2 mm-hmm. i'm taking a safe pick i know I it's pick. coming out this year i know the first one was well reviewed i've heard of it um yep i think that's oh, you've um, heard of it <laughs> <laughs> uh i i think it's likely to net me some points um yeah, fair. Probably I'm not fair. quite. This is like the range of I've heard of that game. I hope the next one's good. Sort of territory. Oh, hundred percent. And I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to make some uh, wish list picks, basically, uh, with my last couple of ones, which I'm sure I will get roasted for, and rightfully so. That's fair. You know, you gotta you gotta follow your heart. That's how you pretty much sum up most of Chris's takes. I'm gonna be roasted for it, and rightfully so. <laughs> And EJ is just going to be the cold, calculating, unfun brigade, and then we can roast him for that. So really, <laughs> really, it's great. And then y'all can roast me for being a, uh, a fence sitter. <laughs> you fucking centrist. <laughs> I could count on one God. hand, maybe even if I was missing some fingers, could count on one hand the number of times that EJ had enthusiasm about a game after it was released. Oh, Very come fair. on. Give me some credit. Yeah, there's been two Spider-Mans. <laughs> platinum two of them i will not give you credit <laughs> come on um so okay, ej's made a pick yeah ghostwire tokyo is definitely getting delayed though right so like that, that seems like another sketchy pick already got delayed didn't it or no definitely got delayed out of last year ghostwire yeah i don't think i'm quite ready i don't think i'm ready to take that gamble after after elden ring which isn't even like that's just a tba yeah that's a funny that's a funny pick for you ej i just i i just felt like i should just fucking do it chris that was like a preemptive counter pick that was you not really using your brain you're just like looking at titles and you're like oh i've i know that <laughs> it's made by them from softball you guys took like might not release this year for your like first couple of picks so i felt like safe at five to pick elden ring you know or six or whatever so i might drop it who knows i feel i feel bad i feel bad about most of this as you should that's how you know you're living. Yeah. So. Anyway, you picked Returnal, the next game from Housemark. The gu- the guys who what made that uh, what's the what's the one where you're saving the 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 scientists from the aliens and it looks like Geometry Wars. I don't recall, but this is it's a shooter, it's a horror game, it's an exclusive. It has oh, a hell. hard release date of Q1. This feels like a solid. Rogue. This feels like a lock. Roguelite. I am, I don't know. I am a little bit wary of uh, the design principle behind this game being having like procedurally generated sections. I think that could easily turn off a lot of reviewers. And also it's the first game that they've made like this. Kind of. They made a really bad third person shooter before this one. So it seems like Sony's really uh, betting on it themselves. So hopefully it's pretty good. But this could easily be, you know, Order 1886 levels of Sony looking for games. Did, how did the Order... Dude, I have to look this up for science. 
How did the order review? Oh, that's a 60. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's bad. That's really bad. But it's also likely, I mean, it's just as likely that this game's like an 80. I don't think it's breaking into like 90 territory, but I think we're far past the, the realm of games breaking into 90s unless it's like a very surprise sleeper indie hit kind right, of thing. Right. I, I don't think Returnal is going to be a godfall, right? Like, at yeah. least I fucking hope, okay? I fucking hope. You got to hope, yeah. you know? Yeah. And what are the goddamn fucking chances that Bayonetta 3 comes out? Like, we've been waiting to hear something from that, you know? I was a young man the last time we heard Ooh. about that game, so. <laughs> that is. You've never been a young man. <laughs> No, yeah, the last we heard, like, actually, uh, when that game was announced was Game Awards 2017. And a couple times people have asked uh, the head of that studio, I can't remember his name, with the glasses. I can't remember his name. He blocks everyone on Twitter. Uh, he last like he gets asked that every, like, year or so. And they're like, he just says, yeah, we're still working on it. Development's going great. I think that's a sneaky pick, potentially. I think that could be one that uh, they roll out during the E3 Kamiya area <laughs> and they're like hey this is coming out in july like i would buy that 100 percent. yeah i mean they did that with with the astral chain they announced that and released it within like six months that game did not do well i think it sold pretty well you know sorry I'm, I'm stalling here but the near replicant isn't that a just a remaster of a of a game from like 10 years ago yeah kind of why is that on this damn list but mario isn't i don't understand it because it has a different name that's stupid well also I think it's a combination of it being a remaster. Like, I think remasters are allowed, but ports, ports aren't. I don't think Mario 3D World's being remastered. Uh, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what it means. Fuck it. So, Near Gestalt and, and Replicant came out on Xbox 360 and PS3, respectively. Replicant never came out in the West. It was a PS3 exclusive in Japan. And that's the version that's being remastered and has, like, combat improvements and stuff like that. Yeah, content additions. Fuck it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do this. 12 minutes. That game that has been shown for the past six years. <laughs> this this shit got me super hyped the first time I saw it. It feels long past due. Let's just fucking do it. Is this the game? Got a brand new cast last year. Is this the game where you, you, you replay the same 12 minutes? Yes. Also, EJ with the two time loop games in a row. Wow. Yeah, bro. It's my fucking... This is the one right where like somebody knocks on the door, you let them in, they 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 try to assault you. Kill your wife. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah that game's not coming out this year. Why not? Why the fuck Why would not? it come out during a fucking pandemic if they haven't finished it in the last fucking six years it's been in development? EJ, you answer me this. Well, I mean, this is developed by like three dudes working from home, so like the pandemic probably hasn't impacted them. If anything, it's given them more time. That's a salient point. I listen, man. Where are where the fucking dregs, dude? I'm. You passed on near. I'm taking near. You were gonna yeah, save man, it. That was dumb. You fucked up. <laughs> does that have a hard release date though? Uh, yes. Oh, I believe it does have like me. an April release. Yeah, date or April twenty third. That's points for me, motherfucker. Counterpick. Big balls, Gilly for the dregs, bro. I'm telling you, the dregs. Yeah, we're in the dregs. Well, I mean, they're not all dregs. Like, I think Cyber Shadow is going to review pretty well. That's that Ninja Gaiden looking game that's being published by Yacht Club. Has really good pixel art. I think that's going to, I think that's going to review well. Let's go ahead and scroll through. I don't like doing the top ones. I mean, that's boring, you know. Tales of Arise, I don't think that's going to come out this year. Also, Tales games aren't very good. Dying Light definitely isn't coming out. Monster Hunter Stories is not going to be very good. I'll still like it, but I think that has a high likelihood of being like a 75. Diablo 4 ain't coming out this year. Scarlet X is going to be bad. Bound Wonder World looks like trash. 
Yeah, it's tough, dude. It's tough. Tough, tough, tough. Lord of the Rings? No. Stalker? No. Destiny 2? Will it even be reviewed? Nobody knows. MP4? I'm not preemptively counterpicking Chris. Yeah, man, this is tough. This is a tough, tough place to be in. Tunic? Ah, that's not coming out this year. That game looks really cute, though. I'm going to go auto-draft the rest of the way. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. That's going to get delayed. Fall? Oh, no. Digimon Survive is going to be bad. Oh, man, yeah. Dutchman's not coming out this year. Dude, yeah. We're in tough times now. I mean, inevitably, there's going to be a cool game that gets shadow dropped and then, you know, hey, pick this game up in two or three months, whatever. Which means that we have to be on our fucking game so we can jump back in here and, and pick something up, right? Before yeah, Nick's going to pick anything up that gets shadow dropped. Chris and I will definitely not be aware or quick enough to, to do that. Yeah, I don't know if we want to establish like rules of if we want to like uh, communicate in the group chat like, yo, this direct just happened. Make pickups if you want kind of thing. We'll have to hop in the pod and we'll have to... Uh, We'll have to draft the new announcements. But you know, I'm actually kind of surprised none of us have picked the next Guilty Gear game. I feel like that is like guaranteed to be a pretty good reviewing game. So I'm picking up Guilty Gear Strive. That studio puts out banger fighting games. None of us are really like huge fighting game fans, but the Arxis games always look fabulous. The animation in this game looks ridiculous. I think their last few games have been reviewed pretty well. I mean, they did DB Fighters. They did uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. They did, you know, the last Guilty Gear they make good ass games. And that was my 10. Wow. <laughs> MP4. Chris, are you talking? Because you're muted right now. Here's the thing. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like if we get a Metroid game, it's going to be a like Return of Samus style announce drop, shadow drop. Yeah. Hasn't been announced or dropped yet, so that's not an option. There's like an untitled... In initial draft. There is untitled 2D Metroid uh in there don't be that guy just wait until they announce it don't be that risky in your initial tent <laughs> well i know i know i know i know i know i'm i'm looking at some of this stuff and i'm thinking like okay what is what is a reviewer bait i think there's a few that uh review pretty well let me look that at are not picked up yet in our initial draft yeah i gotta do some i'm also more of the person who likes to i don't i, I wouldn't want to uh spend an initial draft on an unannounced game agreed I don't need to lock it in that that preemptively for this 2021 at least. Maybe 2022, I might get a little bit ballsier. We'll see. We'll see if this becomes a yearly thing. I'm taking uh, Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. I feel like that game, the first game was an indie darling when it released uh, for its depiction of Definitely. mental illness. Um the first one's got like an 83 on uh, Open Critic. If the second one scores anywhere near that, that's a solid pickup for me. If it comes out this year, it would. E I think it would easily get above that, just based on the the scope and the dude. That initial trailer, so cool. Watch that on a TV with like surround sound if you haven't, because that that first one is badass. I wish I did. I'm gonna have to play with uh with headphones on that for sure. Whenever it's time to do uh whenever it's time to do that game. Um, I've played the first one. Heard it's great. Haven't played it. I feel like the next game is going to be well. It depends on how recent, how recently after the launch of these consoles, uh, it comes out. Because I feel like did they announce that as being a game that's also coming to the One X and One S, or is that going to be a Series X, Series S exclusive? I don't know. I don't know. They but might also be waiting for Unreal Engine Five, which hasn't come out yet. 
EJ, what a fucking great pick. Yeah, another Binding of Isaac. It's come out every year for the past 10 years. <laughs> it, it always <laughs> reviews well. I'm a sucker for roguelites. It felt like it's like the last one on the list that I felt good about that actually had a hard re- release date. And it has I, a title and everything, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, shit, man. I feel really bad about Psychonauts and Elden Ring right now, so I'm just like, well, and 12 minutes. Y'all got me doubting that, but fuck it. We're out here. I feel really bad about my list, and I look at your guys' list, I'm like, oh, if some of these games actually come out, I am fucked. <laughs> I am so fucked. Yeah, that's the that's the risk. Counterpicks. Okay. Counterpick time. I, I get to do my first counterpick. Oh, as much as I believe it's going to be a good game, I do not believe it's coming out this year, and I'm going to have to counterpick Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. Ooh. Wow. That is a good one. I did not expect that. Okay. Wow. Um, so, again, the goal is to counterpick something that is either A, not going to come out, or B, get less than a 70. Yeah. I have to say, I don't think that of these games we have drafted, I don't see, I don't see a lot of high potential for sub-70s here. I think that this year especially, and last year if we did this, you know, we didn't, but I think this year especially, this is the uh this is the game of what's coming out and what's not coming out. So my first pick, definitely my first pick, is uh it's it's Elden Ring, man. Like you gotta know that that's that that's not coming out this year. I mean, they've shown fuck all about that yeah, game. I was definitely it was between Elden Ring and Senua's Saga for my first counter pick. Yeah, I think there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of good choices for for uh, games not coming out this year. But I'm gonna go Cuphead. So okay, and if you want, I can read what their uh, what they say exactly for counter pick. Okay. Okay. After everyone has drafted their roster of games, the players will draft their counter picks. A counter pick is a game from someone else's roster, but instead of getting points for for it, you lose points for it. The goal is to choose a game from someone else's team that you think will be bad or one that you think won't even release. And if a game gets below 70, you gain points for it. And if it, if I counterpick a game that doesn't come out, what do I get? Both players get zero points in this case. This should be considered a good result for the counterpicker and a bad result for the person who actually chose the game. So the, the real strat is to look at who you think might have the best roster here and then fuck with them accordingly. Well, yeah, you can use it as a way to make sure people can't drop games and... uh you just want to choose the worst game because otherwise you're losing points. This is just a sort of balancing act. I definitely think I have the worst roster here. Well, you still have we're snake drafting our counter pick, so you have another counter pick as well. Just so you know. Okay. What's what else won't come out? I don't think we're gonna see God of War. I think Horizon again. It, it, you might. I just it feels crazy, especially with the cyberpunk drama. Getting a major AAA game that people are happy with. It feels like a really risky thing in the current climate right so oh buddy there's no way ken is gonna review poorly the hype is too real but if god of war does come out like that's you losing 20 25 points which i obviously don't want okay but we all have three counter picks though so gotta keep that in mind oh my god bounces it out okay final fantasy is the only reasonable pick left i feel like it's pretty i think it's fair i think it's fair yeah so you after bitching about the potential of me counterpicking you twice have counterpicked me twice uh i didn't actually realize cuphead was you but yeah whatever <laughs> i was just looking at the list man i was just looking at the that's list that's fair i mean you just get that drop down you know i had every intent of counterpicking uh three of ej's picks and you know perhaps i still will but man halo's not coming out this year wow that is a bold take i think it has to 
I thought I was. I thought they had already delayed it, so that's why I hadn't picked it. But as soon as Nick corrected me, I was like, "Oh well, fuck. Yeah, it's gonna come out the twentieth anniversary. Come on, it's not happening." I think that game is is in a mess of a shape, and I think with them working at home, I just don't. I just don't see how that's happening. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there is a chance that it does get delayed. I don't think it's a high chance, but I think there is a chance. So I think that's a, a fair, a fair counterpick on that that metric i think i want to go a little bit safer with my my final two counter picks and go for games that i think just won't review super well um looking at your guys's list though y'all got a lot of really good games i think bravely default 2 actually i think i'm gonna go with bravely default 2 for one of them here we go i haven't looked at their aggregate uh reviews but i think that game just doesn't look very good to me so well, none of them fun. look very good but they all review well <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like systemically as well like not just visually yes it's ugly as sin the backgrounds are gorgeous but the character models are gross we said 3 that's not gonna affect too much though right i just think it's not as interesting as it was on on the on a pure handheld i think a lot of games that have come over from 3ds to uh switch have not necessarily done so to the better of them you think it's gonna be that much worse though you're risking the counter pick yeah I'll, i risked it oh. fuck it because looking at this list now i don't think there's many more games that are like oh there's no way that's coming out this year like i think there's a pretty good chance psychonauts doesn't come out this next year and i think there's like a pretty good chance that god of war doesn't come out this year but if it does then i'm losing like a shit ton of points and i don't really want to risk that i think that's a 50 50 is a bad bet for me i'd rather go for something that's just not going to review super well like i think actually i think potentially (sighs) so yeah, we're going Deathloop. What are the odds that that gets delayed? If it gets delayed, it's, there's still a chance that it comes out this year, you know? Yeah, like, it's true. supposed to come out early in the year, right? Isn't that the summer game? I don't know. Last counter pick for me is clear. It's Psychonauts 2. Fair. Chris just coming Super after fair. me. All right. Bro, he came after me, too. You made some dumbass right. picks, man. What can I say? I came after you with two of my picks, too, EJ. Jeez. You guys are fucking awful. Uh, Psychonauts 2. I don't know, man. I feel good about it this year. Six just years, hit me with man. that No More Heroes three. Just hit, just hit me. I know you want to. I'm, I'm trying to do some research before I lock something in. I don't want to just be flying blind here. Hit me with that Silk song, bro. I dare you. I double dog dare you. That, I mean, that feels like a good one, but like that also feels like again anything could happen. It's, it's risky. Uh, wait, No More Heroes two? Which three? Not two. What was the announcement for that game two years ago? Yeah, something like that. I think it was. Uh, Either E3 or no, it was like was it was it is a direct just like a E3? I think it might have been that September direct in 2019. Was it the E3 adjacent? No, because E3 is June. Yeah, it was. I think it was the direct after that one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, that feels like probably the best pick as far as may not come out this year. Hollow Knight again. It's just there's been no info. We've been so starved for anything, and it's like driving. Hollow Knight fans, fucking crazy. <laughs> but again, indie team, it's it, that's going to be a hey, check the demo out tomorrow. We'll see you next month, kind of thing. You know? Yeah, that could be like any indie direct. Is just like suck it. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the numbers. Only a it's got a 94.2 percent publish rate for fantasy leagues and only a 4.9 percent counter pick rate. Yeah, not a lot of people counter picking that. High one. confidence. A lot of people think it's coming out can't trust the masses gotta follow your gut dude follow your gut follow that big chungus the draft is complete from here you can make bids for games that were not drafted however you may want to hold on to your available budget until later in the year 
I had to go God of War, man. I just, you know what? If I, I have so many risks here, it's like that could really help me gain some ground. It could sink me, you know. It just, get, dude, we got a splash screen six months ago. The game is not coming out this year, dude. You counterpicked three of my games, you, you fuck. <laughs> well, you made some bad picks, man. <laughs> Big yeah. balls. You were talking about picking Metroid four. Prime 4, which would have been the worst pick you could have made. Horrible. Oh, not you seriously. Were, you are following your heart pretty deeply. I respect it, Chris. I respect you. I respect you, bro. At least with God of War, when they announced it, they put a number indicating the year that it's supposed to come out on it. However, I do not believe Cuphead or Final Fantasy 16 have a year attached to them. <laughs> Big old Same TBA. with Elden Ring. I think Psychonauts 2 has a year attached. Bro. Senua's Saga does not have a year attached. TBA. Too bad, asshole. That's what that shit mean. Oh, uh, dude. I'm getting some points off of this, baby. Let's fucking All right, go. all right, all right. Everybody, let us, let <laughs> us review our team's card okay. swap. EJ has drafted Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Bravely Default 2, Gran Turismo 7, Deathloop, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Psychonauts 2, Elden Ring, Returnal, 12 Minutes, and The Binding of Isaac Repentance. I feel so bad about this list. Chris, with various sweet, has drafted Resident Evil Village, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, God of War Ragnarok, New Pokemon Snap, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Final Fantasy 16, <laughs> Axiom Verge 2, Little Nightmares 2, Near Replicant version 1.22474487139, and Senua's <laughs> Saga Hellblade 2. Uh. Me with Durham Dodongos has drafted Hollow Knight, Silk Song, Monster Hunter Rise, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Solar Ash, Horizon Forbidden West, Halo Infinite, Far Cry 6, No More Heroes 3, Cyber Shadow, and Guilty Gear Strive. That's a really good list, man. I think we've all got pretty good list, assuming they all come out. It's tough. <laughs> well, if they all come <laughs> out, my list is the worst. Easily. Yeah. But I am projected to have the first game to be released on my draft with uh, Cyber Shadow coming out January 26th. So in four days. So reviews for that is going to be probably dropping pretty soon, honestly. And then Little Nightmares 2 for Chris will be after that in February 11th. And then... EJ will be getting Bravely Default to February 26th. So we got a pretty quiet couple months ahead of us. Really, actually, March is pretty pretty deep if we're looking at it. March and April. This will be like a... So I think we'll do like quarterly updates or something, and then uh, we'll keep the, the pickups sort of relegated to the group chat. I think that should be pretty good. So back in next next time in April, let's say, we'll go over, see how we're doing. Then in July then in uh, October and then we'll next year, January, we'll go through, see the winners and then do the next draft. I love it. Wow. Sound good? It sounds really good. This is a lot of fun and it's a lot of stress and I can't wait to be prepared <laughs> for this next year. And <laughs> a more keep, meaningful this is going to be keeping you up at night. Oh my God. <laughs> my draft. <laughs> my converted <laughs> mana cost. Yeah. It's really concerned, dude. <laughs> oh man. This is a lot of fun. I think this is a really good way to like look ahead and see like what games are coming out this year and what we're both excited for in the terms of what we think is going to get critical reception. And I think a lot of us, um, I don't know about EJ, but I definitely voted with my heart for the first like four or five picks. I'm trying to win, man. I was voting. I was trying to win for those first couple picks. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You also picked Bradley Default too, so I don't know if that's necessarily (laughs) (laughs) you wanting to win or just like... (laughs) I trust the fucking weebs to like dumb shit. So, you know, was that a bad pick? I don't know. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see in uh, in a couple of weeks. Andrew Chavez <laughs> is going to put 100 hours into Bravely fucking Default 2 and not going to like it, but he'll do it anyway. And, you know, I'll ask him what he thinks. Nah, he'd be too busy playing the Shadow Dropped Elden Ring. That has a 70 on Metacritic. Oh, my goodness. Do we have anything else that... But I, we got a little reader mail I was going to dive into. Do we have anything we want to touch on? I mean, we did pretty pretty thorough job of shitting on each other throughout that podcast. We weren't just trying to shit on each other for our, our bad opinions, respectively, but it's just a lot of it was like the likelihood of these games coming out, which I think 2020 showed us that this uh, pandemic has definitely thrown a wrench into the works in a lot of things, especially the development of yeah. these games. Mm. Some of these games were supposed to come out last year, like Halo Infinite and fucking Deathloop and stuff. So we'll see if these games even come out. There's a high likelihood for a good percentage of these games actually not being 2021 games. Yeah, definitely. Did either of you want to talk about hardware releases for the coming year? Because that was not covered under this uh, software-focused draft. There are only two things I want. In this world, in this life, I bet you there's a third. I want a Switch 2, a proper Switch 2, and I want a Dual Sense 2 because fuck that controller. It has not gotten better. Can I tell you the third thing that you forgot? What did I That's forget? supposed to come out this year that you haven't paid me yet for, but you should because I think I already paid for it is the analog pocket. You should confirm that you paid for it and I will pay you. I assumed a pre order, <laughs> you pay for it when. The item ships. I think I already paid. I'll, I'll, I'll double check. I'll, yeah, I'll check my finances. You're not going to keep your. You're not going to keep it, Nick. You're going to sell to EJ. I bought it with the express intent of EJ uh, paying me for it because we made an agreement that if either one of us was getting the pre-order, that we should pre-order for the other. Oh, sadly, I forgot to specify that. Of course, I needed a dock with mine, so yeah. I'm going to have to try and scalp a dock for four hundred dollars, which yeah, I'm I sorry, fucking bro. will because I'm a piece of shit. I'm sorry. Uh, don't do that. Please don't do that. Dude, so, I, I need the doc. I, I need the full experience, man. I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. I, I should have I should have assumed, but I didn't assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ordered two then? Yes, I ordered a black one and I ordered a white one just because I didn't know which one I wanted and I also didn't know which oh. one EJ wanted. And I also didn't know that he wanted a doc, so I got one doc. God damn. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear about that. This is the uh this is a really swanky, like backlit, runs everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. it's a 1440p screen, so it's a 10x uh, size screen for the Game Boy. It also has attachments that you can get to play other handheld titles, such as the from the Game oh. Gear, and I believe what the Wonder Swan maybe or like a like a Atari Lynx or something. Oh bullshit. man! <laughs> but we're only we only really care about the Game Boy Game Boy Advance stuff. Oh, yeah, I got a I got a semi right now. Since it got me EverDrive. I forgot about it's, it. Honestly, it's gonna be a pleasant surprise. I got my, uh, I got my, my. Uh, what do they call it? Already got your modded Game Boys and stuff. You don't really need this. I need this. I gave the Game Boy to my brother for Christmas. My, That's my pretty sweet. O- older younger brother. Um, he was <laughs> first time I've seen him smile in three years. So, um, wow. he was oh. super jacked on it. it, it I mean, we, I think I talked about it in the pod. It's like an all metal chassis, metal buttons, yep. like mechanical switches, backlit. Did you give him like an EverDrive with it too. No, I just gave him a copy of uh, Pokemon Red, which is like his favorite game. You didn't get the the custom Game Boy Color version with all the colored sprites and stuff that no, you have? No, you know, I had it and I considered, because I, I basically just pulled it out of my collection. I had a really minty copy of Pokemon Red. And I was like, I could give him the, I could give him the, the special fancy version. That could be fun. But he didn't have a copy anymore of, of his OG, OG yeah. childhood game. So there we go. That's cool. That's a really sweet gift. <laughs> yeah. So, and also you don't you don't expect uh, you don't think that Nintendo is going to do a um, a mini console. It's been a few years since they've done that. 
you know, I don't have hope. And if they do do it, it'll be half baked. We're not. I, yeah, I, I don't think we're getting a mini. I, I, I don't think we're getting a switch to either, though. Um, Probably not. Not a meaningful one. Anyway, it'd be like better battery, no bezels or something stupid. Just based off of that interview with Doug Bowser that happened recently, I think since their sales are so strong, they have no real reason to refresh it. I think they'd be more sales driven than they would like actual meaningful hardware changes. Like they're selling so well with the the current iteration. There's no real reason to like do a hard or a big refresh. Well, the reason would be to sell a bunch of units to people who already have them a and B drop the price of the original one to sell to a bunch of people who are waiting for a price drop. Like it feels like a no brainer after four years of the switch's existence to, I don't think you'd see a price drop. No. I don't think you're ever seeing, seeing a price drop with a switch. Nope. See, nope. That's, nope. that's dumb. That's, that's Nintendo, but it's dumb. When did you see a price drop with the Wii U? And the only reason they price dropped the three DS was because they were asking for an obscene amount of money and it didn't sell. Switch is selling hard like gangbusters, so they're not going to. You can get a 2DS for seventy bucks. So you can get a Switch Lite for two hundred. Right, Switch Lite's a horrible value proposition. Like fuck the Switch Lite. Nintendo is so dumb. But you're right. This is Nintendo. They're so stupid making all that money. (laughs) I mean, how is the Switch Lite selling versus the the OG unit? I'm curious. Uh, You know, I don't know. We have the numbers for anybody who's looking for a bargain Switch. I don't think they give a shit about what they're trading in terms of having this uh, uh, having this console like who who is sitting around almost four fucking years after the switch comes out going, gee, I can't wait till the price drops. They either fucking own one already or they bought a switch like they don't give a shit about playing it on the TV. They just want to play the new Nintendo games like I don't I don't see how that ever happens with the 3DS like I literally pre-ordered the 3DS. Yes, you may roast me. I pre-ordered that <laughs> terrible, terrible handheld in hindsight, which I still enjoyed very much. Uh, and I got the Ambassador Program games that we're sorry we fucked up and dropped the price so soon games. I still have them, keeping like re-download on every new 3DS iteration that I have. Um, yeah, the 3DS, this is not. They have no reason to drop the price. They will never drop the price. It will remain the like mid value entry and the switch pro if and when it ever happens will be four hundred dollars oh it's four hundred dollars it won't be a meaningful enough upgrade to warrant existing i mean it it needs to be like they really need to knock it out of the park with an iteration it can't be a a new 3ds kind of thing but no you're right this is nintendo nintendo doesn't do anything smart you know they sold 14 wii u's and they refuse to drop the price so like you're right they won't do the smart thing but chris you and i uh are both idiots and spend our money recklessly, despite probably not being able to really justify spending that money in the sense that like a lot of people in the world, as much as they might want to play video games, they just, you know, they're buying a PS4 in 2021 because it's finally cheap enough for them because they had to be smarter with their money than maybe we are sometimes. I do not own either of the current gen consoles, let alone both of them. So I don't know if you want to put like me and you in the same category because like, my ass is not running out and paying eight hundred dollars for a scalp PS5. Not that you did. You, you've been talking about it for two podcasts now, so you know I lumped you in here. I want to come back to that. I had forgotten. I wanted to come back to that. The starter on my car went out, um, and so oh, we're- I yeah. So like my my whole like stimmy for PS5 thing, it's dead. It's over. It's gone. Great fucking um, timing on that, dude. I'm not casting too much judgment here. I'm just saying there are a lot of people in the world who waited for the PS5 to come out before they finally got a seven-year-old console, eight-year-old console or whatever, right? So it's like those people exist. 
People out there who might want to switch, you think 300 is a lot of money for a Game Boy. Oh, I see what you're saying. EJ, I don't, I don't know about that point because I feel like the both the PS4 and Xbox console sales have dropped precipitously since even the announcement of the next units. So I think uh, Nintendo just wants to quell any rumors and say this thing ain't happening until we're ready to put the thing on store sure. shelves because they know that people will stop buying Switches if they know there's going to be a better Switch coming out soon. Also, just to give you a little bit of uh, reference numbers, I, w- I know you asked a little bit, but uh, Switch Lite has sold 10 million units since as of September 2020 out of the 68 million units of Switch total. Is that statistically significant? It's a lot. For the cheaper version. It also depends like what Nintendo, like what the software attach rate is with those units. If Nintendo is seeing a lot of people buying a lot of games on those consoles, if it's a secondary Switch sort of thing or if it's a right this person wouldn't have bought a $300 switch and is now buying a $200 switch it's, it's dependent on how much money they're making per unit hardware likewise so I think there's a lot of that goes into the decision making uh, for these kind of console manufacturers that doesn't necessarily affect us that much um, I think it would make sense for Nintendo to keep doing very soft iterations of the $300 switch like we saw what when the switch Lite came out so that was like two years ago mm-hmm. where they put out the switch that had the better battery it was the same price they didn't make a big stink about it if you're just buying a switch that's the switch you're getting i think they'll keep doing that where it's not meaningful upgrades you're not getting a higher number associated with your ram you're not getting a faster clock speed necessarily you're just getting better battery life and it's maybe they're fixing the joy cons and they're getting better you know analog sticks eventually i do think that they have the possibility of putting out a better pro controller that has like a headphone jack on it that'd be super sweet i would love that and then uh, I don't think they're ever going to do Bluetooth audio, but if they could do a solution like that, I think that would be a meaningful one for me. But if they're going to do a more powerful switch, it's going to be a four or $500 console and it's going to be for super users. But I also don't think that Nintendo really plays to that market very much because they're not trying to win the favor of third parties. They're going to try to make third parties play by their own rules. And if they want to you know, sell a bunch of games like Ubisoft has with their successes with like Mario Rabbids, then they're going to have to make a game that's like that. And a game like that is going to run on the Switch, the base console. Two quick points here. One is, again, Nintendo won't do the obvious thing away, the way a Sony might, but like, didn't like 50% of the PlayStation 4 sales come in like the last three years? Like they just kept selling. So the, the re, you know, saying, oh, Nintendo's doing so well right now. So they're just going to rest on their laurels. Two, two things. One, why not split your market more and make a bunch of dorks buy more of your shit? And make things more accessible for for younger people and people, you know, really late adopters, which exist. But also, when you're looking at a Switch Pro, you're right; they don't chase that market. But it's going to be so hard to remain relevant now that we're. I mean, the the Switch was behind the four year old console, and we talked about on these old pods. And Chris, I know you listen to some of those pods. Like the whole idea that the Switch needs third party and indie support to to remain relevant. I think that's a large factor in why the Switch has done so well. I mean, there's a lot of cool things about the Switch, and Nintendo has made some really good games for it, but would it be doing as well if it didn't have support? Like, the Wii U had zero outside support. Would it be doing as well? I don't just mean for big AAA, like, crappy uh, ports, like The Witcher or whatever, but, like, there have been a ton of great double and AAA sort of experiences from outside developers who would not have given a shit if the Switch sold 7 million units 
in three years. They wouldn't care, and, and the Switch would be dead. So if they can't remain competitive as more ports co- start coming out and as developers look forward to a completely different architecture with, with way more power, and in two years when we get this, the PS5 Pro, and you're rocking an old, old handheld, Nintendo needs to upgrade to, to remain relevant if they want to continue this success, and I stand by that. Well, it's not going to happen this year. I mean, you just literally put out a sure. two-year timeline and I'm like, will we have a new Nintendo Switch iteration within two years? Absolutely. Will it be this year? No. We said that two years ago. <laughs> you said that two years ago. And and to your to your broader point, which is, why does a Nintendo try to, God, I don't know. I think you said something along the lines of like, continue to compete. They don't have to. They've never had to. Not only because of the fact that like, the experiences that they create are not reliant on power output and they've literally never been reliant on power output and the fact that they are a a, a, a multimedia empire like they're not like how much money do you think Sony and Microsoft are making on toy sales like fucking peanuts compared to what Nintendo's making like how much money do you think they made on that Lego deal they just put out like let's compare that to to the money that the like Roblox or whatever fucking Halo sets came out that are maybe still making Microsoft a couple of dollars. They just opened a fucking theme park. Like they make money hand over fist, regardless of how strong their console is. They don't have to keep up because they're playing a different game and they always have. And I loved that story that just sort of like resurfaced or, or came up recently where like, Microsoft had had approached Nintendo about buying them and they and, and this was this was if I recall correctly during a period of time in which they were not being particularly successful uh, with their hardware and software sales and they still laughed Microsoft out of the room because they know they don't need that they're never going to need that it isn't that this the Nintendo is going to go under my argument I mean Nintendo has had more failures and they've had successes and 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 yeah, they've remained a factor and they've made good games, but I'm saying to remain relevant and like the Switch is never going to be a failure in the sense that, I mean, it's already a, an overwhelming success, but if they, if people quit supporting it and it, and it falls by the wayside and Nintendo doesn't try to remain competitive going into the next gen over the next two years. Yeah. Like Nintendo's not going anywhere, but as far as like the, the relevancy and the support for a console that has been doing so well, like that could easily fall apart. And then the next Nintendo console will crash and burn. Like they have shown a pattern. Like I said, they've had more failures than successes when it comes to their consoles. It was been on a steady decline since the Super Nintendo. And then the Wii was like a really weird one-off. I think it just it depends on what you uh, factor into being a success or a failure. And I think that differs between what Nintendo calls a success or a failure. I think with the Wii U might be their only console failure in their own eyes. PlayStation sold 200 million units. The GameCube sold like... 20. Yeah, and I think that's still a success depending on how much they're selling the console for and how much uh, they're making on their first party output. Nintendo is never going to have to worry about like they separated themselves from the console war um arguably at the GameCube but certainly after the GameCube um with the Wii uh which no matter how much you want to bitch about the relative level of quality of the games on the Wii or lack thereof was a massive fucking success by every metric. Sure. Undebatably so. They're playing a different game. Like, they they do not have to compete. They have a stable of IPs that Sony would cream themselves to have something comparable. Like, you remember when they tried to do, like, Sony All-Stars Battler? That game fucking tanked 
because they have no recognizable characters. They have no recognizable faces. Um, yeah, it's just that Nintendo's playing a different game. Like this talk of competing. I mean, that's like Sony Microsoft console war stuff that like died a decade ago. Like I don't hear argument. I agree that the Nintendo needs to maintain those relationships with third parties. I think that's helpful for maintaining an audience and for expanding their audience. But they're truly making, they're trying to make Nintendo fans, not like video game fans. And they do that by trying to get kids and then, you know, imprinting them with their IP so that you become a Mario fan. You need to buy Mario games for the next 20 years and you introduce your kids to it and they expand that way. That's the way Disney's become so popular and has become a global empire in the past 30 years. But I think Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft are all kind of doing different things. I think Sony and Microsoft are much more closer. But even then, Microsoft's trying to, you know, get people onto services. And Sony's trying to just do the same thing they've done. And it's been wildly successful for them, too. Probably at different metrics. I believe both of the other console manufacturers are selling their hardware at a loss, trying to make it up in software sales. And uh, I don't know. I think if Switch starts selling softer, Nintendo is much more likely to do a revision and try and uh, get more units out there but i don't know necessarily if 2019 or 2021 is the year that they do that i'm looking at 2019 financial data if it doesn't (laughs) if that doesn't come through but i think if they don't put it out this year it's not like a sign of failure i think it's a success a sign of the continued success of the current console it's just you want you really want nintendo to be more forward thinking because they've regularly and routinely fallen to victim to their own bullshit and it's hurt the consumer. That's my thing. Chris, you're right. Certainly. They're playing a different game, but it more often than not hurts consumers. And then, in, you know, the Wii was a historic success, but I think it'd be hard to argue that that wasn't the wor- outside of the Wii U, the worst lineup of Nintendo games a single console has ever probably had outside of maybe the NES. If you're thinking objectively, um, but I mean, the we I mean, th- that hurt the consumer, man. Like Aunt fucking Jill got one for the retirement home, but like Nintendo fans largely hurt for it, and that carried into the Wii U because they weren't able to be forward thinking. They rested on the laurel. So that's my only point is that I hope and wish that with with some new people, new blood in over at Nintendo, that maybe some things could change, and that means better games for us. It means more longevity for Nintendo, and it doesn't mean that going into our thirties, we're gonna get the Switch two you know three years too late and it's gonna fucking tank and we won't get a single goddamn good game on it outside of a couple of of remakes like the wii u was so again i'm being hyperbolic there were some okay games on the wii u i you know whatever but you you know what i'm saying i you know i do and i don't at the same time like i just to speak of the wii in the terms that you spoke like i don't know like i i i feel like you're I feel like you're still asking <laughs> Nintendo to be something it's not. Like they have always been about the ways of interacting with these games. And so the Wii and 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 the the famous infamous whatever you want to call it Wiimote that was the console. It was how can we interact with with gaming in in a different way? And it led to a lot of like you know, pretty cotton candy titles that were that were not super great. It had it had some very good titles on it. They were a little a little scarcer. Yeah. And even on the Wii U, I mean, you know, the Wii U walked and died so that the Switch could soar. Like, I sure. loved the time I spent on that console. I think it has a ton of great fucking games, um, which almost all of which mercifully, literally almost all of which mercifully have been brought to the Switch so that uh, people with this new console can experience it. But 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I hesitate to, to speak in the way that you do about it and call it a, uh, call it a, a failure or damaging to the consumer. Um, I mean, like, what does that, what does that mean? What does that mean? Even I paid four hundred dollars for the Wii U to play exactly two good games and sit here pissing ourselves over how Nintendo completely fucked themselves by resting their laurels for I don't know how many years. Like, like that was just. I mean, people were literally talking about Nintendo's going to go under. They're going to go the way of Sega. And of course they wouldn't. That's dumb to think. Well, yeah, any YouTuber can make a thumbnail that says Nintendo doomed and get a million views, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Nintendo was realistically going to go no, under. No, but Pete, th- that was the perception of of Nintendo. And there were some fine games, but like Captain Toad wasn't a reason to spend $400 on a Wii U. That's ridiculous. It still is the reason. It still is, is a perception that they have because look at you and you're just always bitching and complaining about them. But the numbers don't lie. The Switch is a meteoric success. The Wii, the Wii was a meteoric success. It's also easy to look at the the hardware or look at the software, excuse me, and say these games aren't meaningful to me. And I think the Wii suffered the most from that, where the first party output for the Wii was pretty dismal. The DS was a lot better. The Wii was even a lot better. But now the Switch has all the Wii U games. So the Switch now by default has like the best first party software output. In a long, long time since it's probably great. the SNES. It's great. I just hope that they can carry that momentum, and historically, they haven't. That's why I worry, and that's why... I'm not worried about uh, their hardware pretty much like at all right now because the Switch is great, and they keep making great games for it. So yeah. it's mostly just like the only reason I would want them to improve the hardware besides me just wanting to have my games look prettier, but like that's not a good enough reason for Nintendo to do that, is I want them to maintain strong relationships with third parties and for them to you know, keep making changes to their hardware to to foster those good relationships because I think a lot of third-party titles made with Nintendo are really great. I really like Mario and Rabbids. I really like what Ubisoft has just done with Nintendo, and I think that injects a lot of uh, creativity into IPs that maybe aren't necessarily wanting to get the focus from Nintendo. They did that in the past with, like, Sega making an F-Zero game or Platinum making a Star Fox game, which, you know, whether or not that was actually good. I still like the idea of them working with third parties to make their own games. I think this take too of, of, Oh, Nintendo hasn't had any like six sustained generation over generation success with their consoles is, is an extremely short sighted take. Like, I, I mean, I don't think that they, I don't think they had a bad console. I mean, if you want to call it bad until the game, on a downward trajectory from the NES until the Wii. Absolutely fucking incorrect. Absolutely fucking incorrect. The Super Nintendo is literally the greatest console generation of all fucking time. He's talking purely from sales numbers. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, the games and are great. That's true. They all they all sold less than their predecessor. Sony has just had banger after banger. Even the PS3, which was a failure, like caught up to the best selling console of that generation. Like they've just destroyed time after time yeah and i think a lot of that is like the worldwide focus where nintendo was was previously very much focused on japan right right i don't have a stake in how well things sell outside of like how that impacts the market at large and what that means for the games i get and the games i want right they're intrinsically linked so that's my only uh rooting interest is like i want the things i want and if nintendo can you know if they fuck something up i don't get what i want yeah and it's i think it's it's uh it's worth mentioning and worth noting how the market responds to certain consoles. Like I never thought the Wii U was a very, like it wasn't a sexy console. It doesn't sell itself and the software wasn't there for it for too long. And I think that definitely hurt it. 
And I think them going with the blue ocean strategy was cool for the Wii, but it didn't lead to much uh, as far as like interesting uses of their IP. Skyward Sword, like, sure, they added the the Wii Motion Plus, but I don't think that was enough of a change to make Zelda interesting, which is why Breath of the Wild was like a much needed shot in the arm. And I would even say the same with like Mario Galaxy. Galaxy 1 and 2 are like well loved and are really cool, but they're not like an interesting addition to the Mario canon, if that makes sense. Sure. And those are like their two biggest IP. That's like literally the two biggest Nintendo games that aren't Pokemon. And even then they only own like a third of Pokemon. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, this is, you know, both an argument for and against at the same time that one of the best reviewed and I think, uh, strongest uses of the motion control on the Wii was Metroid Prime 3. What, the worst Metroid Prime game? Yeah, but if the first one's a 10 and the second <laughs> one's a 9-5, like, I don't think that's necessarily like the the oh. the, the mud swing that you think it is. Um, no, I'm just saying, like, y- yes, it was uh, a better system for first-person shooting than th- whatever they went with, with on the GameCube. Yeah, agreed. It, it was definitely a choice. Yeah, no, I mean it was yeah. a it was but a good game. It was a good game. It was like I thought you were gonna say we we sports because I think that is the best use of the motion controls, but it also showed the limiting factor of it being like this is a cool for mini games, but it's not good for a thirty hour you know single player game, which is like the the standard. Right. That's like that's what people want. People will say you know multiplayer shooters they they sell the best. Multiplayer games sell the best. They have the longest tails. But when it gets down to it, the core gaming audience, the people that are buying. 120 million ps4s are the ones that want a 30 hour single player third person behind the back video game <laughs> right and yeah. you know different measuring sticks right like i that that was never going to be yeah. was never going to be their thing um we should have this sure. conversation at, at another time um about totally. about about the relative yeah. <laughs> merits of uh the metroid prime trilogy we can hold on to that for a metroid prime trilogy hd oh that's never remaster that's on never going to happen so we'll be holding on to that for a month of sundays it's not going to oh can happen. i draft that can i draft that you, can i be a pickup it's coming out this year you, bro you could have it's i believe happen. it also it's not so please stop doing this yeah. to me um yeah but anyway Let's, um on the wii playing it on the wii with the motion controls and revisiting prime 2 it, it's a worthy fucking successor it's uh does not deserve the hate it gets but that's a conversation for another day i'm a, I'm another uh, m fan to be honest so this whole prime talk is hey man the 2d section and other m are pretty cool <laughs> it's a good game it's just that team ninja dropped the ball in every other if way no one spoke it would probably be a nine and that was uh that was i can't remember the guys the two like the two bastions of the metroid the metroid series that was the the bad metroid guy right that did other m yeah yes. i believe that's right is that sakaguchi or is that? I know that Final Fantasy has a Sakaguchi, but I think Metroid has one also. I think Yamamoto is the prime, uh, st- the steward of the the Prime series, and he right. But yeah, whoever whoever's in charge of the 2D Metroid has definitely made it clear that yeah, he views confusion. he views Prime as uh, not canon, um, which is just like fucking oh, masturbatory canon. bullshit. Let's uh, let's get us out of this pod uh, with some reader mail real quick. Yeah, why don't you check that mailbag, EJ? Feedback at ConsoleCrusade.com. So we got some listener mail from Chad Druvis. Hey guys, long time, first time. I love the pod and your enthusiasm for all things video games. But for the love of Phil Spencer's taint, EJ, it's Game Pass, not Games Pass. Hermione.gif. Please leave your Series X at the door. Major Nelson is being deployed for pickup. This is not a joke or a drill. This is real. X-Bots everywhere are locked onto your position. Sincerely, a Sony pony with a guilty spark on the inside. I love it. 
Um, I'm going to continue to say Games Pass because it makes more sense to me in my head. It's games, bitch. I'll be buying games. It does. It does irk me slightly, but I'm trying to keep my, you know, my 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 uh, urges in check to be correcting people on pronunciations and on mispronunciations. <laughs> Wait, it irks you that I say Games Pass? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I'm going to just games like pass. it would irk me if you said Mario. It's like don't, that's don't so like different. That. Is it? Because it sounds it? really wrong hearing you say Games Pass out loud. I don't think it's that different. Maybe. Games Pass. It's like people saying Fred Myers. I don't know. It's like it doesn't matter at all, but it's just like that's not the word. But you know, I just don't want to I don't want to be that guy. Fred Myers my, is Plants. Traders Joe. Traders <laughs> Joe. The implication of we're going to Fred Myers building or Fred Myers store. The the implied ownership. Fred Myers yeah, is perfectly we're acceptable. We're going to Walmart's store. Walmart. Yeah, we're going to Target's. Fred Myers is a man, and he owns the store. Walmart. There was no Fred man named Walmart. Person. It's just the name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Chad, for your amazing letter. <laughs> thank you for your feedback at consulcrusade.com. Chad Druvis, you are not welcome here, sir. <laughs> it's Games Pass. I welcome him with open arms. Oh my goodness. With arms wide we're, open. We're split down the middle. If anybody else out in the out in the ether wants to check out our our draft and keep up on it in case we we go we go too long without going out on our telling our points and telling uh how we're doing, I believe you can just go to fantasycritic.games and search for Console Crusade Podcast, and I believe that would that would show up for you. We'll put it on the socials. Leaf We'll pop it in the description below. Yeah, how about if, that? If you're listening, we're counting on you to keep us honest. And keep us in check with this with this draft because you know it's gonna get contentious as soon like that first game's gonna drop and we're gonna hear all about it how they're in the league even though only one game has has dropped so yeah that's gonna be fun inevitably when when Returnal gets delayed I will drive my car through through a window yeah and as and as for you guys if you log in and check the league you can uh, always uh, under player actions you can make a bid you can check your bids you can drop a game I believe I made it so that you can only drop one game and you can only drop it if nobody else has counterpicked it and you cannot drop a game after it's been reviewed right right console crusade console crusade i have been your host and i will be the one to kachow us out kachow (laughs) (laughs) dude that was i was just reverse psychology to get you to kachow again bitch it worked it worked was that even reverse psychology i think that was a standard psychology i just manipulated you outright I got my dick. <laughs> <laughs>